the ease of use is very important you cannot expect business customers being a startup especially that hey this is a new tool we don't know if you like it or not but do you want to just change your whole process and try it that's a big mm-hmm. ask yeah it's yes. <laughs> so much bigger than asking for lots of dollars welcome to digital surfing my podcast that explores the rise of digital leaders including the wipeouts and the airs i'm your host darren smith and today i'm speaking to the founders of cloud files Sid and Pesesh. We're speaking about the functionality of building things on top of CRMs, so taking an integration-first approach. We speak about how hardware manufacturers have been doing this since the 80s, and everyone can associate with Intel inside. And then we talk about user adoption of business applications and how it differs when you take this integration-first approach. So let's go and meet Sid and Pesesh. Amazing to have you guys with us today. I think let's get straight into it and get a little bit of a background and find out who you are. So, Vishesh, do you want to um, start us off? And it's so nice actually having two people on a podcast. I don't do that too often. So do you want to start us off and give us an overview of who you are and your background? Yeah, sure, Darren. And thanks for having us on this call. My name is Vishesh. I'm the CEO and founder at CloudFiles. And before CloudFiles, I've been a product engineer for seven to eight years. And these were B2B SaaS applications where I was leading the development. These very early stage startups when I joined them, that's where all my experience comes from. And these were also in the document uh, ecosystem. So that's how like, you know, this year I took some pain points that were not being solved at the point, especially for the CRM customers. And I started CloudFront. Mm-hmm. Awesome. That sounds sounds really interesting. I'm going to enjoy chatting to you to find out about kind of that finding pain points uh, working in startups and so on. So Sid, um, how about yourself? So uh, yeah, actually I have known Vishesh for about 11 years. We graduated together from college and after that I worked in media as a system software engineer. I was always into, you know, computers, programming, software, hardware. Later, about around 2016, the startup bug bit me. I just quit my job cold and I wanted to build something on my own. So I started this B2B SaaS app called NaviMate. I was a software engineer, right? I was not really a business development. I had no experience in sales and marketing. So I sort of made a lot of mistakes over there and it didn't work out. I went for an MBA in 2019 and recently I graduated from there. So I've been helping Vishesh with uh, uh, sort of the business side. All the mistakes that a software engineer can make while building a product. So I'm, I'm trying to rectify those. Well, that's a really, really brave move to make to absolutely just quit your job to go into the startup world. I mean, like I know many, many founders that have exited their businesses will say, you know, you work nights, work weekends, start up your business. But if you are able to go all in, that increases the likelihood of success. So really interesting uh, and brave for you to have done that. So, you know, you said that you guys met 11 years ago, but it sounds like you were on slightly different paths. What actually led you to decide to start uh, kind of working with each other? Yeah, so we were very good friends in the college. And after that, we moved to different cities. And that's when, like, you know, we lost touch for a while. But then when Sid came back to do his MBA, he was in the same city as mine and he was also living pretty close. So we were meeting on weekends and there were discussions about the idea of cloud files, which he already knew about as well. And I had decided by the start of this year to go all in with this and Sid with all these discussions, it just we found out right synergies and started working on it. 
And in the preparation for the interview today, Sid, you said you absolutely love lockdown. You're more introverted. You've traveled the world, you know, like has that kind of your two natural personalities, has that led to the roles that you fulfill now at Cloud Files? So I don't know, maybe one of you, like I suppose Sid on the more introverted side, you said that you're actually more involved in the business side of things where you know, you'd expect that maybe somebody more introverted is more on the development side. So how have your roles evolved in this, in this business? So, I mean, I think uh, extroversion and uh, socializing and introversion, you know, these are sort of uh, very different things. And uh, I mean, for a business side, you just sort of need to take interest in people and uh, what they're doing and, uh, you know, what type of things they're trying to solve. For socializing, it's, it's, you know, more like going out and going to some place, you know, talking to random people and all of that. I, I mean, I think I, I have that first thing where where I do like to talk to people, but then I really don't want to make an effort to go out of home. And that's why, you know, this mm. COVID and all of this lockdown has been really great because uh, people have been so ready to talk to us on video conferences. So, I mean, it, it's been pretty good for me as far as the business side is concerned. Yeah. And, and for me, Darren, my extroversion is not related to work. So when I go out, I don't want to talk work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really interesting. You know, when you look at some of the most famous founders around the world, a lot of them will say that they're introverted and their job requires them to socialize and speak at big events, stand up on stage in front of thousands of people. And people just assume that they've then got this kind of big extroverted personality but it actually is extremely tiring for them and yeah on when they are alone when they try and be alone as much as possible so it's really interesting the assumption that to be a big tech founder you need to have this huge extroverted personality and and i think it's actually like you know it works for us the sin sid and i like different things both in terms of work also and in terms of our socialization also. And that works because what I like, he brings on the table and vice versa. So that's, that's kind of working out well for us. Uh, it, it sort of actually leads to a lot of discussions and sometimes arguments. But then we always come up with a better solution for anything. I mean, not just work, but anything, uh, you know, even in a personal life we have to do. We have such different views altogether. One of the things that really stand out for me in one of the talks I listened to by Damesh at HubSpot is he said the one thing that he wished that they had done differently was built a more diverse leadership team right from the beginning to get those different opinions. Because the initial, from what I understand, the initial leadership team at HubSpot were all male MIT graduates, you know, all with the kind of same opinion on things. And it's only in the last, I suppose, five years, maybe, that they've really started to have more women in leadership, more people of color in leadership, and then get in, get in that diverse opinions, which is obviously very healthy from what, from what I'm hearing from you guys. Definitely. So, Sid, I want to start talking about like some of the work that you guys have done in the past. You mentioned your wine startup. The, the other project that you've worked on is a digital maternity course, which you said had quite a big impact in the end due to COVID. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so actually as part of our MBA, we are uh, supposed to do a two-month internship. And for me, uh, that internship period was April to June last year. Now in India, uh, the lockdown hit on March 25. I mean, uh, that's when the lockdown started and my internship started on 1st of April. 
and the company in which i was interning it was a maternity group of hospital so uh, you know they care uh, they take care of uh, your whole fertility and uh, pregnancy and post pregnancy stuff so it's a very hyper specialized hospital and one of the biggest problems as soon as i joined so they had a project and all for me figured out but the biggest problem that they were facing was suddenly because of this covid they couldn't engage their customers again so i was joining their sales and marketing i was working under the cmo and uh, you know the only thing that was giving him sleepless night was every month they used to call about 250 to 300 couples into a five star hotel you know something like a marriott or something and they would do a whole day event there now these were uh, couples who were about 6 to 7 months pregnant and the event would include fun activities interaction with a lot of doctors and you know there would be a lot of buffet there would be a lot of catering so it was sort of a, a pretty good day now because of covid they couldn't gather these people in the same room so the problem was how to reengage those customers those paying customers initially what we started with was you know holding just some basic type of classes so the first class was online class that we did was a lamas class where the instructor was sort of sitting on the floor and she was you know doing all of the types of breathing exercises people were supposed to follow at home and then they could also ask questions we used zoom webinars for this uh, mm. so in that initial class in that first class these guys were expecting about 200 or 250 couples to show up 700 showed up and wow. that that's where it took off i mean suddenly that project was the highest priority project we wanted to do more classes per week we wanted to extend these classes to non customers and you know ultimately by the end of my internship this had uh, sort of become a marketing funnel for them they were getting leads and they were converting to customers and it's been an year when i was there i had created a whole 6 months package for them that what all classes you need to do and i had also divided those classes into a uh, trimester 1 2 and 3 so that they can keep the customer engaged right from the start and even today i think it's been one and a half years almost and even today they are doing these classes so yeah and so you said there that the classes are actually hosted as zoom webinars so okay. is each class live or is it did you kind of record and then now it's webinar on demand how does that work so we did have both of the things on the table but then what we finally figured out was the value in these classes is the live part you can always go and watch recordings of this stuff on youtube and all but the value is the live part and also the live question and answer so there were actually two or three doctors sitting there on the chat who were constantly replying to the customer so that was what was adding the value so that's why we never we did record these and we did make these available on the website but then always and always whenever a new class was happening it was always a live yeah that's really interesting i mean like i suppose this is going to frame a lot of our conversation today what i see with you know many initiatives like that like like this is that potentially a huge amount of focus would have been put on building a video platform or building a chat platform and it sounds like what you guys did is you actually identified the pain point and then just looked at the technology that's there to enable it would you say that's right so darren in fact when i joined right on my first day the guys told me that we are building a video platform we are building our own <laughs> video conferencing software and we want to do it there now okay fine that was one thing but then i wanted to do the webinar uh, as fast as possible i mean the the cmo had given me a target of uh, doing one in 10 days and get a get you know at least 200 300 people there so when i started work on this and by the end of the week this whole thing had gathered so much speed and you know so much traction suddenly that they knew that they were never going to build a video platform in time and so immediately mm-hmm. these guys uh, i mean they had to pay a pretty huge sum 
but then they uh, bought a huge license for zoom webinars and they started doing it there so it's it's just that the speed of business was that that these guys knew that they cannot build the product in time let's just focus on maternity and let's just focus on customer engagement so that's a really nice segue i suppose going over to prashesh now there is so much technology in the world whenever i think i come up with a new idea and i'm going to be the next mark zuckerberg billionaire i go and google and i find 10 other companies with the same solution as myself that i thought was in- innovative and to sit's point i think that so many people like instead of doing that proper research and seeing oh there's something there let me focus more on the business side or the go to market side they end up building this technology now you guys have built cloud files so in terms of identifying that pain point how did you go about that and and, and what is that pain point yeah so before that like you know one of the philosophy that we have at cloud files is that in fact in general also people should be building solution not technology and use whatever is available build on top of that but the pain point coming to your question uh, about pain point so as i told that i was working in the document ecosystem solutions for for enterprise customers and one thing i realized that there are just so many saas apps that there are out there and everyone wants customers to come to the platform and use it and now like you know as a business person i just have so many tools to work with and if you see like you know the good business people or sales people at least they don't even fill up their main crm right people who are using salesforce hubspot they're not going to go and do data entry there let alone them coming to a new tool and then use that tool for their process in cloud file the pain point that i identified is that people still use files as a information transmission medium while the digital files can be used for much more you can do version control on them you can do much better security and you can actually collaborate with your customers with the file right you don't have to use messaging and email right there on the file you also need to know what they are most engaged in what they are looking the most at and then you can use that information to make your business decision right or to make your pitch your follow up so the gap i identified is that files can do much more especially the digital mm-hmm. files and they should they are currently they're just working at paper version right and many people tried solving it but what people don't get is that you cannot ask people to come to a new tool and do the files there if they're using it in their email it has to be done in the email if they're doing it in the crm it has to be done in the crm so let's say you are in hubspot and you're working on a contact or a company and you want to share a file first thing is you don't want to go anywhere else you want to upload it right there get the link right there second thing is all the engagement data that comes has to be right there in the hubspot all the reports you want to see has to be using hubspot reports or salesforce mm-hmm. report now other tools what they do they would build all these reporting analytics in their own tool and it's of no use because you know they are very much disassociated so so that was another pain point that solve a solution where it's needed to be solved so that's how we became integration first file sharing app very interesting so files is a very broad word and one of the things i heard you say there which i just want to get some clarity on is people collaborate using files one of the frustrations i've had personally is I'm not a Microsoft fan whatsoever. I think it's from the dinosaur ages and Teams breaks my computer every time I try and run it, but there are still thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of companies using Microsoft documents. Some of them use SharePoint. Then you've got a ton of people using Dropbox to store files. You've got my preference which is Google Docs because I find it so easy to collaborate, make comments and so on. Now when you say collaboration and you spoke about version control i'm particularly interested in that microsoft word document situation like how does that actually 
come together? Is there somebody still, the person you're sending the file, they're still having to download it? Or is it now hosted somewhere? How does that all work? So all these solutions like, you know, Microsoft Word and Google Docs and everything, these are file creation tools, right? These are not really good for sharing files and especially the external sharing. As you said, for collaboration, you use Google Docs, probably for internal collaboration, right? But when you have to share it with customer, it's at its final version. And even if customer is going to comment back on it, it's not something you will change right there, right? You will discuss in your team and all that. So we come where the external sharing comes. So you take the file, and then you send the link to the customer. They don't have to download it because like, you know, then there's no point. It becomes yet another doc. So we don't care what kind of files it is, where it's coming from. It can come from Google Word or whatever. You get a link to the file, customers look at it. And at that time starts Cloud Files Magic. So you can start tracking what they're looking at and you can upload a new version if they want. And it in real time, it updates for them. You can put a lot of security settings, access control and everything. And then best part, that whatever tool you use, let's say Google Drive or, or Microsoft, you can use them right from your CRM, right? So right from your email client. So that's, so cloud files really an external file sharing tool. And with the collaboration, we mean external collaboration. So also getting to know what customer wants. And let's say if they have some comments, they want to reach out to you, they can do right from there. They don't have to like, you know, send you an email and reference that specific bit of information that they want to get clarification on. Wow, that's really interesting. That's cool. Yeah, I, I actually came across a video conferencing platform the other day that is technology agnostic. So as I said, I absolutely hate Microsoft Teams. I just don't enjoy working it whatsoever. And actually, I, I like Zoom, but I'm beginning to go back to Hangouts even more. I find it faster, maybe because everyone's using Zoom, who knows. But this provider now allows me to have the video conference on Hangouts if I want. The other person can be on Teams. It doesn't matter. It's facilitating almost yes. like a piece of middleware. And it sounds like you guys have done something similar when it comes to yes. actual files. Yes, that's right. So in this example, it's just making the uses very easy. The ease of use is very important. You cannot expect business customers being a startup, especially that, Hey, this is a new tool. We don't know if you like it or not, but do you want to just change your whole process and try it? That's a big mm -hmm. ask. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that's so much bigger than asking for lots of dollars. Yeah, you are so right. And I think that's such a great clip. I think I'm going to ask the team to take that out and just, and just put that onto our LinkedIn or something, because there's one part of it is you're creating some interesting technology, but, and you even see this in the CRM space, people invest millions in a Salesforce rollout or hundreds of thousands in a HubSpot rollout. And the tool may be amazing, but the adoption is where things can go wrong. And not enough attention is given to that change management and to reduce that friction for the, for the user. So something that you said there, and as I said, it's kind of the theme of the podcast today is you build in this technology on top of CRMs because you need to be where people are at. One of the statements that you made when we were talking prior to the interview is, as we've gone through the decades, there's been significant pieces of technology, significant changes in the technology landscape. And you know, this latest era we've going through, have gone through, is all around marketplaces, platforms, integration layers. So I suppose, Sid, you also touched on this earlier. Is that your guys prediction of the future is more building on top of things instead of building net new applications. 
absolutely uh, in fact uh, so during the two years of my mba one of the things that i learned was brand is extremely important you know brand is something that people connect with brand is something people remember and brand is something that people going to use if you are a startup you are not a brand and it's going to take you a lot of time and a lot of money to become a brand now when you are talking about saas people are going into you know hyper specialized solutions people already have email clients people already have uh, crm but then there are little things inside these software which thousands and hundreds of thousands of people who are using these need but they are not there because the focus of the company is on building a crm it's not building a file sharing solution so because even if you are talking about file sharing even if you say that it's a it's a very small thing there are still going to be 20 different people with 20 different use cases that someone like hubspot or google is going to find uneconomical uh, to you know deal with to build all of those smaller features and i think that is what the role of start saas startups is becoming rather than create a brand for yourself i mean yeah that definitely comes there in the long term but first try to build a core try to build a hyper specialized functionality and then take it wherever the users are and yeah that is definitely one of our key value propositions in the sense that um, it's it's definitely a competitive advantage because we are sure that in 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 a couple of years it's going to have enough integrations built with us that other companies are going to find it difficult to build a core around that many integrations and it's also our uh, core value prop in the sense that people who are using hubspot you don't have to come to cloud files you don't even need to know about cloud files all you need to know is now you upload your file here right in hubspot you upload your file here so yeah to answer your question yes and yes this isn't really maybe it's new in the software world but in the hardware world this isn't a new concept if you take like the concept of OEM original equipment manufacturers and you take a laptop or a desktop or an iphone what is inside that piece of hardware is a lot of other components from different providers now what what i find really interesting is if i take a desktop i can't tell you what the hard drive is made out of or the manufacturer and so on but i can tell you if it's an intel chip <laughs> and it's interesting that intel like as an example has built such a brand off the back of of Hewlett Packard and Dell and and so on like like so much so that they I'm mean, like some of those sometimes it has on the laptop it says Intel inside what you're talking about now I'm like ideally one day you want to have Salesforce with a badge on it that says cloud files inside and yep. yep. like uh, Darren on the on the point of you know those singular mainframes versus all of these uh, integrated computers are coming so actually this is one of the key things that we learned in college that in 1980s IBM was dominant right in 1984 that apple had came and apple and microsoft took over but in 1980s IBM was the popular b2b uh, solution for uh, for computers IBM had their whole mainframe and what what happened was the picture of the software uh, with the hardware industry it changed during the 1985s when minor components were not really being created by a single manufacturer they were creating by different manufacturers and everybody was collaborating so actually you know when you say uh, hardware actually started following this integration first philosophy 1980s and it actually changed the complete picture and we are seeing the results mm. so how do you take a product to market that is built upon another product is the go to market strategy different 
So I think the go to market simplifies for us because you know we are riding the wave of other brand wave of other platforms so for example we say that here is a salesforce app for sharing files you want to share files in salesforce here is the app for you same thing for hubspot you want to share a file from notion here is a app for you right so so that makes it a little bit easy so do you want to add more stuff to that yeah i think the same thing it it actually makes it easier but at the same time you also have to be sort of careful because at the end of the day you also need to want to build a brand and a name for yourself so you have to make sure that you are going out there with a certain quality of content with a certain quality of thought process and you are not just relying on the giants to pull you they are never going to pull you first you have to push yourself and then at some point of time they are going to start pulling you. so yeah mm. so from the technology point of view then like if and i have no idea what 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 these uh, platforms are built on but like salesforce for example built on C# Sharp and Microsoft Dynamics on .NET and HubSpot on whatever it's built on like do you then need to build your add-on application in the same tech stack no so so we can build it whatever way we want because these bigger platforms and now when this integration first is actually taking off they provide you hooks and plugs so that you can just like you know you can put your solution there your tech is still working outside of these platforms so when we say that we are building top of salesforce or top of hubspot our code is actually not running in these platforms it still runs outside but it's just very well presented there it looks as if it is part of the system but it's maintained separately and the basic idea here is that use whatever tech but keep the data in the actual platform so hubspot data remains in hubspot salesforce data remains in salesforce and we just provide functionality that can run on another hardware uh, another servers mm. doesn't really matter so is it just sort of having a strong integration layer on top of your core and that integration layer would be agnostic to uh, would be sort of dependent on whatever you are integrating so i suppose my next question then relates to security and privacy right so um these big applications these big platforms have 50 to 100 people just making sure it is safe and secure and i suppose what the risk that you could could run is a small application that is an add on could be the weakest point for a hacker to get in so how do you how do you assure customers that yes we are a small application but it is safe to use and will maintain the same levels that that you expect from a salesforce or a hubspot so the good thing about this is that salesforce and hubspot make sure of this so we have on our hubspot app we have this hubspot certified app listing right mm-hmm. and for that we had to do a one month long security review process where they actually go through all your functionality they try to break your app so there is an additional sense of confidence rather that you know this has been certified by these platforms so security obviously is our highest concern but at the same time it is also being like you know approved by other people and tested by other people which are giants and which are which have 100 people security team working on it so for a customer it's double confidence rather so i suppose that leads me on to my next question around other concerns as a founder you know so part of me thinks okay so if you've got a platform and if you've decided to build your CRM system or your ERP system or your accounting system because i suppose zero has done something similar they've like kind of really open and they've allow you to easily integrate now having hundreds 
of smaller apps that integrate and extend the functionality of your CRM or your ERP or your accounting system at no cost to you could be seen as a huge differentiator and could protect you from competitors. So if I look at the accounting software market, you look at, at the likes of Zero, that's like kind of really taking off and they're so open as opposed to you look at like a Sage who it's very difficult to integrate with and you can see which one's growing faster than, than, than the other. But as, a, as the person, as the founders and the people investing in these things, there's a worry, is the platform going to copy what I've done? If what I've done is, is actually so many customers now start using it that it makes sense to include it as default functionality or do they go and acquire you and so you have an exit and you start working for them? Like, what do you think is going to happen? Maybe, there, maybe there's a now, maybe there's a future. So what's happening now and, what, and what's going to happen in the future? Yeah, so let's say if giants had to copy you and the idea is not something that like, you know, that's very unique. It's a very common pain point. They could have built it already. Right. Mm. Uh, it's just about the resource allocation, copying a tech product with that similar quality that you have and with that similar focus, that is the main effort of building a company. It's all about the execution, right? So if they wanted, they could have done that already. So I would agree to the acquisition point that if it makes sense and if a lot of their customers are using it, they might acquire you, but putting that similar kind of focus. And that's what about collaboration is, right? When Intel puts the chip in a HP laptop, HP is not going to copy the Intel chip because they will never be that good. And they have other things to do. That's the mm -hmm. whole idea. So as long as you are working with the bigger platforms, it's not a concern. If you're working with a smaller platform, you don't have to worry anyway, because even if they copy, I mean, their philosophy is wrong. They should rather be focusing on what they are doing best rather than copying others. Uh, actually, Darren, just uh, adding one thing on this. When you're talking about copying, just just imagine, you know, how exactly is this internal? Is this process happening internally? Let's say in Google, a new product manager comes in, says that okay, this file sharing tool is pretty good. Let's copy that functionality and let's give it to our users for free. Now, you know, a team sits, starts the effort. One one year down the line, they are pretty much done with what they set out for. And now all of this team is dispersed into some other teams. Whatever piece they have built, they are going to maintain it, but they are not really going to add features to it at that uh, speed, right? Whereas for a company which is working only and only on file sharing and whose customers are only talking about file sharing use cases, that company is going to build that feature much, much faster. So, mm -hmm. you know, they can copy it, but uh, in the long term, it's just going to be an account. Very interesting. Okay, so, so do you actually have kind of, first-hand experience taking the old approach or let me call it the old approach in that you know if you, if you look at navimate i mean from what i understand that was a standalone application and like if you were to do it all again what would you do differently so one of the things that i would do differently is i would go and talk to customers uh, because you know being a programmer and uh, starting a company the the biggest risk that you run into is you have a vision in your mind and you start developing it. You don't talk to customers. You don't realize what actually the market needs. So, I mean, one of the things is definitely I'll talk to a lot more customers. But then, yeah, this integration first thing, actually, it did come up during Navimate also. So, we built it for about an year. We had one large customer on the card. They were using it. Uh, intermittently, they were using it. And we were sure that we are going to close them. So, we, we built a standalone product that these guys could use. Now, one, one and a half years later, this company comes back to us and says that, we have this very old ERP system that we got developed about five years back. 
we have never used it but now we want to start using it so can you integrate navimate into this and then there were there were a bunch of other companies that came to us saying that uh, we work with oracle transport management i mean uh, they were sort of resellers of transport management software and the app and the field tracking capabilities they were not really that good so again they were like can you please build integrations for us your core around mapping is really good but you know it, by that time it was already so late for me i mean i had been there for about one and a half two years it was not really making money and i need to move forward in my career so it was very late so i think the second thing that i would definitely look for is forging an integration first approach yeah i see it every day still i see companies i working in a consultancy like i do i get briefs and invitations rfps where companies are looking for intranext extranets internal tools and their expectation is that it's completely custom built and i always look and see in order to build this application the first 3 months we are going to have to build a customer database and interface into that customer database a way to record interactions with that customer a way to email that customer a way to take emails that we receive and log them against the customer record once we've got all that then we can start building the functionality that's actually going to add the value yet there is a much better way to go right well we're going to use salesforce or we're going to use hubspot all that functionality is with you from day 1 and then you can just build on top of it and it surprises me that there are so many companies that are working in 2021 in a way like this store yeah i'm completely baffled recently uh, you know one of our customers came to us and they said that uh, you are providing me all of these emails that have viewed my document so can you create contacts also like when i come to uh, you know your cloud by platform i can see the contacts and i can see which contact viewed for how much time and we simply told them that why don't you use your crm you are already maintaining these leads and these customers somewhere just integrate with that we are already integrated with hubspot if you are not using it use that and otherwise you know just build some sort of an api integration we have so much stuff and just do this thing wherever you are doing it right now we don't want to build this functionality and definitely you also shouldn't want us to build this functionality because we are already doing this stuff and, and is, from a technical technical perspective it has double advantages it's easier for you to build as you said there in for 3 months we don't have to build the customer database but from the customer's point of view it's even better because they don't now have to sign up to a new tool right they don't have to go to a new tool to look at their contact list and run reports on that crms do that best so they can they can use it in the crm right so and technically it's a delight to build the product because we can actually focus on file sharing and tracking we don't have to focus about creating contacts and like maintaining them and everything right yeah i think the other major thing is is ways of communicating so humans receive so much communication every day and we become expert at blocking out communication there's just so much there's email and there's text messaging and there's whatsapp and there's snapchat and tiktok and there's this constant new channels now when you take this type of approach you can leave the crm that specializes in communication channels to make sure that they are keeping up to date with all the communication channels so you don't have to suddenly everybody stops email and everybody rather communicates over tiktok which is highly unlikely but say that were to happen you would have to go and spend 3 months building an integration into tiktok and stop working on your core functionality so it makes complete sense to build in this in this way yeah 
So to, to end off with today, I suppose a question to maybe Bershef first meant to end off. There are so many companies out there that are taking this approach like of building from the start, you know, whether it's an intranet, extranet, a, their own CRM system, their own maternity video platform. If you were to leave one piece of advice for the listeners today, what would that piece of advice be? I would say... Focus on what you do best and what makes you happy. Why you started that company. Do not do things which are needed as ancillary things, right? Let other people who do best, let them do it. Focus, focus on your core IP and make that the best. Otherwise, it's highly inefficient, even for building it and even for your customers who use that. Awesome. That's it. So for me, see, during my two years at MBA, one of the professors, uh, he drilled down a very, very important point in my head. And, you know, it was very much necessary because that was the reason I made faith. The point was that you have to think customer first. You have to think business first. Product serves the customer. It's never the other way around. So if you need to get big, if you need to make money, think customer first, talk to your customers and then come back. And when you talk to your customers, And if you are really in a business where you should be going integration, you are going to realize it very fast. When you talk to your first 10 or 20 customers, they are going to tell you that I don't want to come to your platform. I want you to come to my platform. So uh, I think just think business first, customer first, and build the product according to what the customer needs. So I'm going to put your two ideas together as our final thought for today. When you speak to your customers, your customers are going to tell you 100 things, 100 things that are their pain points. And you need to pick that one and focus on it. Because if you try and do all 100 things, you're going to do 100 things badly instead of doing one thing brilliantly. So guys, it's been absolutely awesome having you on the podcast today on Digital Surfing. For all our listeners, I hope you got some value out of today. I certainly really have enjoyed this conversation. If you did, please don't forget to like our podcast, share our podcast. We will add Sid and Vishesh's detail into the podcast notes so you can tag them in those in those comments. But thank you so much, guys. It's been really awesome speaking to you today. Thanks, Thank David. you.